Hebrews chapter 11. My name is Jeff Perry. Patsy and I pastored this church. We started in 1988. Goal is to honor God and help people. Five years in, we were doing Friday night services at DeSmet High School uh, during a time of prayer. I felt uh, to, to name the church St. Louis Family Church. Say it. St. Louis Family Church. St. Louis because that's our region where we live and where God's planted us. Family Church because we're God's family and Jesus said he'd build his church. And unless the Lord builds a house, they that build it labor in vain. So we've been very careful and prayerful and fasting about making sure in every increment along the way, we're trying to do it God's way and in his will and His on his word and, you know. And so uh, I have a word for you about strength. Um, strength. It's the opposite of being uh, depleted. Uh, there, life is draining. And, um, but our God is the, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the Lord is the strength of our lives. And out of weakness, we can actually be made strong. Hebrews 11.34 talks about by faith, they, they endured and they quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Those things are amazing. But look at this. From weakness, we're made strong. I, you and I, we've studied Hebrews 11. Who's read Hebrews 11? You guys know what it's called? The, the hall of faith of fame. It's the faith chapter. It starts out with uh, faith is the substance, of evidence, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained a good report or had a testimony. And by it, by walking in confidence with God, recognizing his reliability, devoting our, our attention to him, uh, leaning on him, uh, standing with him, walking in his ways, walking in his word, a long obedience in the same direction, playing the long game with the end in mind. That God, It says in, in the, the verse uh, 6 that uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. Uh, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Now I go to the gas station when I get low on my tank and what do I do? I fuel up to get fuel. I go from weakness to strength. I go from emptiness to fullness, right? <clears throat> I go to a restaurant for a mealtime because I need nutrition and I need uh, calories. I need to get a meal because my body runs on it and, and uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I need fuel. Um, I, I, I go to a church. I go to church. So it, because he, he said as a good shepherd, he'd make green pastures and quiet waters and uh, he would help us and he would renew our minds. I go to the Bible because he said he would restore my soul. That's why I had you lay hands on your head earlier. And when Pastor Patsy was uh, prophesying and praying for us, a prophetic prayer about healing of our thought processes. Well, really, this is what I want to actually minister to you on. It, it, it's, it's not self-help. It's just us helping ourselves to the heaps of God's goodness. And uh, out of weakness, they were made strong. Out of weakness, Greek, the Greek word for weakness is asthenia, asthenia. And it's feebleness, frailty. Uh, it, it, it's infirmity. It could even be morally uh, uh, diminished. Uh, it could include sickness, disease, and every malady. Um, in the, in the definition in the dictionary, uh, weakness is a flaw. So, you know, all, look, all of humanity is flawed. And in fact, uh, there's an emptiness that only Jesus can fill. 
One of the best TV spots we ever did was a little graphic, a video graphic of a, of a jigsaw puzzle missing one piece. You ever have a, we went on our vacation and we were building a jigsaw puzzle. That's part of what we do. And Kingston looked at it from uh, uh, the top of it and he said, there's a piece missing. And he, he was so upset and he was right. It does, it, what we did, and so we, we, we still are wondering where that piece is. And then we did the Sistine Chapel and that took us three and a half months. My wife, I mean, it, we, we worked on that thing for three and a half months. You're looking at people who, we know the Sistine Chapel. We know where the saints are. We know where the angels are. Of course, we all know where God's, you know, touching Adam's finger. Well, that's, you knew that one. We all know that one. But do you know what's over on the corner there with Zerubbabel and those guys? Yeah. So we do. But did you also know we had a missing piece? Oh, that is a letdown. And I believe that's why I got saved, because there was an emptiness in me. And if, in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, this will help you with your outlook on other people and your own outlook on why you became a Christian. He said, God has set eternity in our hearts. That's why you see people groups and villages and nations, all sub-Saharan Africa, Europe, Southeast Asia, uh, uh, Asia, uh, all around the planet, South America, all around the planet, native peoples and you know, where colonists have gone and where nobody has gone. And uh, we are made by God and for God. And there is a, a the, the French physicist, Blaise Pascal, French physicist, uh, basically said this. He said it in French, so I'm giving you the translation of it. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person that cannot be filled by any created thing. It can only be filled by the creator God as is expressed through Jesus Christ. There's a Jesus-shaped puzzle piece that only, can only be filled by, with, a, with an earnest, ongoing, steadfast relationship with him. The, the, the Lord Jesus wants to make residency in people's hearts. He wants to, he, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he says, I'll come in and dine with him and he with me. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be open. Boy, I have noticed amongst my, my neighbors who I love so much an openness, a greater receptivity in these days. I think because the, there's a shaking of the heavens and the earth and the unsettling of the societies and and, 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 uh, and, and it, it kind of motivates us. Is there any solid ground? And the answer is yes. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the rock of salvation. Jesus is the anchoring one, right? That's why we're here. Right. You know, you know we're, and people say, oh, yeah, you're weak and you needed a crutch. So you go on the weekend to church. You go ahead and do that. And it's dismissive and belittling. It's like, yeah, he is my crutch. And I was weak, and I am weak, and also he's my hospital bed, and also he's the whole floor, and also he's the whole hospital, and also he is the way, the truth, and the life. Bow your head in Jesus' name, right? Receive him, right? Because as many as receive him, John 1, 12, to them he gives the right, get this, and the power to become the children of God. The power to become, even to those who believe in his name. Everybody say, Jesus. So I'm talking about strength, and how many of you, this appeals to you, that from weakness they were made strong? I have a friend who's a minister, and they, they were preaching, 
And they were making a point in a big conference. And they told us this personally. They got down and they were, they were making a point on their knees. I think they were praying and then they were making a point and they were kneeling. And then they had gotten so out of shape that they couldn't get up. Now we've heard I've fallen and I can't get up. This person was kneeling and couldn't get up. And because the, the, there had been atrophy and they hadn't been exercising and they got in a predicament and they really weren't that old and they had to call somebody to come and get them. Don't you call anybody to come get me because I can get up. But what that person did was they hit the gym. And it was gradual, actually. Started with steps. You know, there are devices now like little, your iPhones and, and watches and things like that or, or these uh, Garmin's or whatever they're called, these little, these apparatus. Uh, and, and it can help you. Uh, we were at an office at an appointment and uh, the young lady was at the, the, the computer, and um, she got up, and she was moving her legs, and she was walking, and, and we were like, hey, you know, she said, my watch just told me I need to get up and move around. And um, I feel like the Lord is telling us to gain new strength. I feel like as we move into 2023, we're to do what Hebrews 12 says and lay aside the weights and the encumbrances and the sins that so easily besets us in order that we might run with endurance. Run with endurance. That's strength. That's a synonym for strength. That we may run with endurance that particular race set before us. Can I tell you, since you were a little child, God, since you were, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that he has plans for you. I, I, listen, don't be a cynical cynic about this. I read after some of these rock stars. Some of them have been dying, my, some of my, my rock heroes. And, and I, I listen to their ideology, and I think, man, you needed Jesus, guys. And, uh, man, I pray. That's why we feel this calling to the entertainment professionals. They get out there. They make extra cash. They're famous. They're creative. But, you know, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? And same thing in the church. We as believers aren't invited to just go through a religious routine and just none of us signed up to go through the motions. And I love the idea, and it is such an appeal that out of weakness they were made strong by faith. And so I'm praying that God will strengthen you. And in fact, I want to go to two scriptures. One is in Ephesians chapter 3, and the other is in Colossians chapter 1. And I want to show you what... My wife and I prayed for you yesterday morning when we were up here pacing and walking around your chairs and praying out in the parking lot and believing God over your life, what we pray for you. And here's what it says here in chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason I too, having heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. Stop. The church at Ephesus was doing good. And Paul wanted to... Uh, supplement and augment a good thing. And, um, you know, we often find crisis situations and we pray for them. There are a couple firemen here. They respond to the alarm and they tend to be, their, their uh, career is they go where there's, a, you know, somebody's heart stopped or where a building is burning or, or something else has happened. They smell smoke or something and they're there on a crisis. And that's important. That's important in our prayer life as it is for them as, as firemen putting out fires. But also, it's important for us to take a good thing and pray for it that it'll get, become a better thing. Right? 
And so that's the case with both the church at Colossae and the church at Ephesus. And Paul said, man, because you guys have heard of your faith and you guys are pressing in, he says, I'm praying for you. And he says, I do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, did I tell you at chapter 1, verse 15? The Father of glory, what did I tell you? Three or one? I told you three? Let's go to three then. Because it's another prayer. Let's go to three, yeah. I, I go to these. Look, I've got, them, I've got tracks burned in my Bible with these. Sorry, but I'm not sorry, because you should pray that too. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Chapter uh, 3, verse 14. There, are we good? Everybody good? All of you guys feel better about your own public speaking? Did I just, did I just help you out? While I'm up here squirming and sweating, you're like, ah, okay, praise God. I, I'm not alone in this. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he, look, he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, get this, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Say that. To be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Look, I go to a restaurant to get nutrition. I go to a gas station to get fuel. I come to the church to get teaching and fellowship and connection. I go to the gym now. I've been going and training and working out because like my friend who got down and couldn't get up, uh, as life goes on, uh, things that were automatic in our youth uh, of necessity becomes uh, an important uh, thing to continue to be strengthening ourselves. And this is what he said, I'm praying you be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. So Jesus would be central. I read in a, I flipped a pages of, a, of a, a, a book, a business book, and it said, I just saw a random snip of it, this just this, while I was studying. He said, successful people operate out of priorities. Successful people operate out of priorities. And that's how they succeed is by constantly reprioritizing to get out of the minutia, get out of the lesser things and continue to go with what matters most. Can I tell you, you're making a good move by being here today, by you guys watching online, pressing in to the word of God, pressing in to the Lord Jesus so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, central, dominant, number one, that you being rooted and grounded, rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and that you, I, we, all of us may be filled up to all the fullness of God. It says in Ephesians 6.18 that we're to be on the alert uh, and, and pray for all the saints and pray in the spirit for all the saints. I'm constantly praying for you guys. Dr. Linda Proctor is here, her father, Nathaniel King, and, and her mother uh, serving around the corner at First Baptist Church of Chesterfield that's celebrating its 176th birthday this year. And I was with the pastor emeritus, T.D. Stubblefield, who's a dear friend. He's a, he's a chaplain of the Chesterfield Police for the last 23 years. Um, I found out he wanted cowboy boots, so I got it. Uh, custom-made cowboy boots from the Stewart Boot Company made by Vic that, uh, that, that you guys told me about. I think Vic is still making shoes. He's like 900, right? Is he still making boots? Do you know? 
you lost track of him. But so I got him boots, and he was in the hospital with blood clots in his legs. And I made sure, and Nancy, is, oh, is, she's like the Holy Spirit's assistant. And she helped me out with it. She does stuff and makes me, she'll tell me, you did this. And it's like, oh, hallelujah. I, you know, I end up looking like such a great pastor. It's like, thank you, Nancy, and the Holy Spirit. So he got his boots, you know, and he was, he was in the hospital suffering. And, uh, and God brought him out, and he said, I got the, another pair just like what you got me, 2.0. And then he said, and then the guy was going to retire, so I got another pair. So we were back there fellowshipping. But when he got up and he talked about how Nathaniel King and his wife uh, would go into the, um, the hallways of the church for seven years every day, and they could hear their voices in prayer. No wonder that church is 176 years old because people like that have come through in faith and there's the strength that comes out of that. I'm glad I'm in a town where there's a 173-year-old church around the corner sharing the love of Jesus and you can sense the atmosphere was charged with the presence of the Lord. And though there's a different trajectory in some of our doctrine, same Jesus, same intent, Uh, T.D. Stubblefield, he said that, that we're, like in, we're like on a bowling league, and he, he bowls kind of from this side, and we bowl over from this side, and it might be a different traje- trajectory, but we're, our goal is to hit those pins, right? That's a good attitude about church. That's a good attitude about how to cross-pollinate with the body of Christ, right? And, th- and this, in fact, thinking about Baptists, Dr. Andy Chambers, who is the head of the theology department at the great Missouri Baptist University, uh, he was in teaching in a class. I was taking a class there on ministry, several classes. And uh, he talked about, if you don't know what to pray, go in and pray these prayers out of the epistles like Paul prayed for the church. And I thought, wow, I thought that was, that was only for my movement. I thought only we caught that on. And he's like, no. He said, I, and he glazed over. I love to pray these things for my church family, for my own family, my kids, my wife. I pray for this for myself. And, and it's praying that, that we would be strengthened with power by his spirit and the inner man. Flip it over to Colossians, Colossians. I, I'm, I'm talking about strengthening. And even as I'm preaching this, I, I'm believing that you're going to experience strengthening. Because we've been praying this. A sister, Lisa, just told me she's been praying these prayers for my family. And I appreciate it because I've been praying this for our church family. I pray this for the body of Christ. I pray this for the people that are truly called all around about me. I'm praying this for our country. I'm praying this for believers everywhere. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, he says, I've been informed of your love in the Spirit. So again, he's triggered. He, he wants to supplement a good thing. He's looking at a healthy church, and this is a prayer for healthy church. This is a prayer when people are distressed and unhealthy or going through trouble. But, but he says, this is the reason I'm praying this since the day I heard of your faith and your love. We have not ceased to pray for you and asked that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. How many of you like to know God's will in 2023 for your kids, for your job, for your finances, for your savings, for the next steps of what you're supposed to do, right? Your mission in life, right? God's will be done in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's a good target right there. So that you, I, we will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. That, That speaks of maturity, of development. Bearing fruit in every good work, look at this, and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
Now look at verse 11. This is what I set this up for. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now listen. When I got called into the ministry, I went to Bible school under a leader that had a set of muscles that I recognized I needed. Uh, a confidence in God, a humility, a not doing it with all kinds of methodology and not leaning on his own understanding, but believing God for his ways, teach me your ways. And it has been and still is a great uh, focus. Um, about two years ago, um, I got encouraged by one of my kids to, to go to the gym. After I had the boating accident and I did my simple little exercises, push-ups, pull-ups, walking, a little you know, weightlifting, and I thought it was keeping me tuned, and it was. I was plateaued, but it was good. I, was, I would do planks and things like that, trying to stay strong. Uh, but my son made a point. He said, look, look at the trainer. And I looked at the trainer, and he has just had a certain fitness. I thought, wow. That, that, you know, that looks good, you know, so, so uh, that, that's a good target. So we started working out one day a week, and then recently said, let's go with three days a week. So we've been trying to do it three days a week and expanding it, and because he said, you plateaued, but now let's go to another level. You don't need me to tell you this, because you already see all this amazingness on my physique, right? <laughs> I'm saying this because it's a parallel. You know, bodily exercise, the Bible says, is of little profit. It's, you know, some people read that and they go, okay, see, close the book. Let's watch TV. Let's eat some more dip and chips. It doesn't mean that. It means it's, it's comparing it. He says, bodily exercise is of little profit. But, but the ancients back in the Roman Empire days and in Israel and in the, in the early church days, they would have understood fitness and, and strength. Uh, and a lot about athleticism, that's when there was the beginning of the Olympics and things like that. And there was a lot of emphasis on that in the Greco-Roman period. You could see that in the Hellenistic uh, sculptures and all that. And um, so they understood strength. They understood health. They understood the necessity to keep moving. But, but Paul was saying, but comparatively, he says, bodily exercise is of little profit. Bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness... Developing your faith, reading the Bible, praying in the Spirit, staying consistent in church, living, living it out and actually walking in it is profitable for all things since it holds promise not only for the present life, but also, get this, for the life to come, right? So there is a dividend that extends beyond our last breath on this earth where we you know, press into a new level. It's like, I'm so glad I walked this out. See, I have the end in mind. I'm playing the long game. You are too. And like that person that was preaching on their knees and then they started to uh, re-approach uh, uh, that, they're fit, more fit and healthier now than they were for the 10 years prior to that diminishment. And I believe that's what Paul is saying to the Colossian church and to the church at Ephesus. So I heard you guys have faith. I, I heard you have hope and love. Man, let's fan the flames of that. I pray the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I pray you would be strengthened with power by his spirit in the inner man. 
I pray spiritually you'd be strengthened. I pray your mind would be renewed and your morality would be strengthened toward the word of God. Your decision-making would be on track. You'd not flip out in the middle of a situation. One of the things Linda Proctor's son said to me at the funeral was, all the years I knew my grandpa, I never saw him lose his temper. I thought, wow. And I thought, that's a testimony. He developed a quiet, gentle in a, a, a response, oh, hallelujah. People need that. People need training on that. We need training on that. We just, it, it's haunting what can happen if people lose that and, and, and go in another direction. That's why he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, Philippians chapter four. Let your gentle, forbearing, merciful, patient, developed, strengthened spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. And, and uh, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, let your requests be made known to God. Don't worry about it, pray about it. Husbands and wives, you get, one of you gets caught freaking out or getting mad or murmuring. So just gently say, hey, let's pray about it. Let's not worry about it. Let's pray about it. Let, let's take it to the Lord in faith and let's, let's trust, him to, to trust him to do it. And even, and including uh, uh, weakness. L- listen, out of weakness, out of feebleness, they were made strong. The, the word is endunamo'o, and it means to empower, to enable, to increase in strength, and to be made strong. There's a guy named Greg at the gym. He's a couple years older than me. Dentist. Recently widowed. And he comes in with a tank top shirt just to rub it in. And he is, what is the Greek word for it? Buff. (laughs) But the culture of the place isn't like strutty and all that stuff. It's inspiring. It's inspiring. That's part of what I like. These are Christians. So they, it's not like a bunch of vanity. It's like, yeah, you want to look your best, but you also, you want to be healthy. You want to be strong. And I feel that for church. This isn't about uh, aesthetics and, and, and cosmetics and surface and, and being a poser. This is about, God, I really actually, I, I love you, Lord, and you changed my life. And I want to conform to the image of Christ, right? And the reason I want to is because you put the want to in me. Even my want to is not like, I'm so spiritual. I want to conform to the image of Christ. That's vain. So it's like, all right, I lay that down. And, uh, and, and so that, out of weakness, we can be made strong. Right now, you're getting some muscle. Through the battles, you're getting muscle. Might as well just keep pressing on, right? So I, I, I just, I know he's going to grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man today. And, uh, you know, I saw Itzhak Perlman, the famous uh, Israeli vi- uh, violinist, uh, play here in town years ago, and he, he was hit, hit with a wicked case of polio as a child. And he comes out with those metallic um, uh, braces, those uh, crutches, he comes walking out with those, and he's, and he's straining to come out. And at this point, you know, the whole orchestra's there, and the conductor's getting ready, to, with the music's all laid out, and he comes out, and he's the guest uh, um, soloist on his violin. And what he does, it's so kind of, I guess for dramatic effect, he'll come out with those crutches and you can hear it in the hall of these uh, 
the symphony places, they're, they're made, the stages and everything are made sonically, not so much for amplification, but for resonance from the stage itself. So that, that's why Beethoven used to lay on the stage or lay on the piano because it's created for vibration. So he, so he would come and he would take his crutches and let them drop on the floor and they would, there would be a thunderous boom. And it, and, and it, was, it, was, it was dramatic. But what it was was I'm, I'm going to take on wings and I'm going to soar now. And here's a guy, he's not limited by his, his restrictions of his physicality. He's coming up now and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna bring a sonic edification to all the hearers, you know. And sure enough, and, and there was uh, one time in New York where he was, he was playing vigorously. He's amazing. Um, I, I, was, uh, I heard I was at a place when, when uh, Charlie Daniels, uh, along with Randy Travis and another guy, uh, were in, entered in. They they were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame a few years ago, and I and I got to talk tell Charlie Daniels. He's a Christian. He went to heaven. Uh, that in 1970 something at the Casey kite flying contest at Forest Park. He goes, Oh, Casey's always been so good to me. I said, Well, let me tell you something. You came out of your trailer, and I was this young teenager, and you had your violin and your your fiddle and your your case and your cow, big old cowboy hat and your big beard, and you were so kind to me. And I said, I've talked about that in my church. He goes, oh, you're a pastor? I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He loved the Lord. And uh, he said, he told Itzhak Perlman when he met him, he was so intimidated. He said, oh, uh, Itzhak, I'm just a fiddle player. And Itzhak Perlman looked at him and said, hey, we're all just fiddle players. That's how I felt about the president of my Bible school. He, he didn't come around like, I'm so superior. You're so privileged to have me around. It wasn't elitism. It wasn't a guru thing. It was true spirituality. It was like, let me help you with what got me through the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. Let me tell you how I got through when uh, we didn't have two nickels to pay our car payment. Let me tell you how God helped me when I had physical sickness in my heart and how God healed me, right? And that's, that's really what I feel emanates out of these pages, and so Itzhak Perlman, when his string broke in New York, uh, instead of stopping the concert and fixing his instrument, he kept on playing and improvised and just, you know, started, he tried to tune it as he went. And, the, you know, when the one string breaks, the others kind of go out. And so he had to compensate for that with his finger positioning. And his years of familiarity with his violin allowed him to turn a moment of defeat into a moment of victory. And your challenges, your hardships, your trials, uh, is, it, they can also be used as resources. You need to adjust and recompose, innovate, prevail when you're confronted with your challenges. As an overcomer, your strength has been and always and only will be in God. It's not in yourself. Weakness isn't anything. It's just weakness and just the absence of strength, that's all it is. So get strong in the Lord. Yes. See, my weakness was just weakness. It really isn't anything. You just let it go, you become weak. But you get deliberate and intentional like you did today at church. Thank you for coming. Society told us not to get together, not to connect. And if we do connect, socially distance. And then society has said, now look at this social issue, by the way. Let's get re-hostile about this one. And look at this one. Let's get re-hostile about this one. And let's get all venomous about this one. Not on the church, no. The gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And by the way, our agenda is simply to draw near to God. And the Bible says he'll draw near to us. 
One of the ways we can build up our strength, and I realize I'm out of time, is Isaiah chapter 40. I've got such a beautiful layout of, of six points, but I'll just give it to you fast. If you listen fast, I could preach fast. They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40 verse 31. Look what things will happen. Gain new strength. Yesterday we built chili. We came from Friday night. We cooked chili. I cut onions. That's my thing. I'm an expert cutter, unfortunately. So I have to cut chili, cut, cut the onions. So I cut all the onions. We worked. We were in the kitchen. We worked. We got it established. We put it on slow. So we put the spices in it. Oh, it was good. Oh, I can smell it. I'm hungry now. And uh, we went to bed. We got up. We invited our family over. Most, most of them came. A couple of the kids had sniffles, so they stayed home. But we, we had a wonderful family day, and it was beautiful. And I was getting ready. I was so excited. I was looking at my watch. Oh, it's 7.30. I thought it was 8.30, and because 8.30 is closer, closer to my bedtime. Crazy. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? So then it was like, ah. Oh. So I started while I walked in through the hall. Turn the, I'm going, I'm feeling it. I'm going to get to go and, lay, and get, brush my teeth and lay down. And I got right here, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I want you to, would you go out and spend 30 minutes out in the front yard? And I turned the light off, and I closed the door, and I kept going. And I kept going, showing how spiritual I was. And I went the other direction, like, like Jonah, you know. And then I went, I knew it was God. I thought, I, I, can, I can do 30 minutes. So I got my phone set it on stopwatch, and I went out, and I, so spiritual, such devotion, you know, all of heaven is going, this is what we have to deal with here, so I sat on the bench, you know, praying, my wife came out about 15 minutes, she said, and I said, I'm out here praying, Patsy. She said, are you wearing your coat? I said, no. She goes, you need to get your coat. So I put my coat on. She was right. I got another 15 minutes. So I started to get cold. Looking at the cloudy sky, you couldn't see any stars. But I just had a wonderful time. Based on Isaiah chapter 40, they that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and they'll not get tired. They'll walk and they'll not become weary. And I thought, just that little interlude that the Lord invited me into. It's, it's, it's Matthew 6.6. 6. It's Matthew 6.6. 6. It says, don't show off your prayer. I've seen prayer life where people show off their spirituality for their lifetime in God. And it's not what prayer life is all about. He says, but you, don't, don't do it to get noticed, be noticed by man. When you pray, go into your inner room. Close your door. Turn off your phone. Turn off the, the noise. And pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Right? Oh, I've got just a, so many good points here about praying in the Spirit. Jude 20, praying in the Spirit strengthens us. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's a reference to praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. It's so powerful. If you don't do it, you should pray about it and do it. Keep yourself in the love of God. Boy, that's a power too. That's a power which apparently uh, Nathaniel King uh, developed and walked in the love walk uh, and demonstrated it through his life. And he was 90, 95. Woo, that sounds nice. And um, 
I'll just give you one, one, one final one that I think is maybe even be, it, it could be the standout, the standout. Set and maintain a quiet time. Set and maintain a quiet time. That's that closet. Go to your closet and close the door. You know, when I was doing the, the uh, prayer, I had a prayer meeting with the, 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 the Rams, St. Louis Rams football team. Remember, we had a football team. We had, we had the Cardinals, remember those? We had, we've had a couple of football teams. Young, strapping athlete, fresh out of college, a new recruit. I said, you go into your closet. He goes, you going, is that in the Bible? I said, yeah. He goes, I, I just got a new apartment that has a walk-in closet. I don't have anything in it except a drawstring and a door like so to turn on the bare bulb light. He says, I've been going in there praying. You mean this is scriptural? I said, yeah. He goes, awesome. And uh, that's what basically, it was great hanging out with the family. We have, we have now so many grandkids. It's so loud. It's a, but it's such a great sound. It's like, shut up, you kids. You're bothering me, you know. No. No. I remember all the empty Happy Meal packages I had to pull out of our minivan as a good memory. And I want to tell you, at the same time, though, we've got a fight. Andre Crouch wrote a lot of beautiful songs, and one of the best was Quiet Times. And it, it underscores what Isaiah, 40, uh, Isaiah 30, verse 15 says, and I'm going to close with this. Isaiah 30, verse 15. Thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall be your... Go back to it. In, uh, rest shall ye be saved. And then it says, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Let's all stand up on our feet. They that wait upon the Lord, just think about this, you'll gain. You'll gain new strength. I'm going to tell you, I walk a lot when I pray. In fact, I saw Linda Proctor pace the parking lot when her mother was fat, battling illness and, and ultimately died. And I remember her praying back there by the playground. And she walked like a champion, man. She marched. She prayed. I just watched her pray for hours like that. Sandy Guyman, she'll walk the circumference of the... She puts in her steps. In fact, don't go away thinking, well, Linda Proctor and, and, and Sandy Guyman do my steps for me, so I'm, I'm good. I go to the church where other people do, do their steps for me. No, no. Well, Pastor Jeff spent 30 extra minutes uh, uh, to the sec, to the millisecond. It's like God was like, you are so devoted. You're like St. Augustine. You're, 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 you're just amazing. It's like I went... I think God just is happy that we're just hungry for him. And I think he's there to meet us. Lift up your hands and say, I receive your strength. If you're not saved, receive Jesus. Today, receive him in your heart as Lord and Savior. If you've been away from God, say, today I I submit, I surrender, I renew a dedication. Today's a new day for me. My identity is in him. I want Jesus. You're my priority number one. Say this with me. Jesus. You are the strength of my life. If David could strengthen himself 
in the Lord his God. And since I have made you the Lord my God, and that out of weakness we become strong, then I'm gonna boast in my weakness so that when I'm weak, then I'm strong because you are my strength. Strengthen my marriage, strengthen my finances, strengthen my health, strengthen my mental outlook, strengthen my morals, strengthen my disciplines, strengthen my decision-making, strengthen my walk, that I could run and not get weary, walk and not faint. In Jesus' name, say this with me, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah.